to cover in the course of the next 50 minutes. Before I do, just to let you know that the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month for January. Uh, we had a huge amount of nominations, well, we had a lot of nominations in for this and really high quality nominations as well. Just to give you some indication of who we've had nominated for the January Sports Star. Katie Bergen, Moyne Athletic Club. She won gold in the under Munster Under-23 Indoor Championships in Nina, went on to Abbottstown and won gold in the 60 metre final again and then went on in the 200 metres to win gold again all in the space of a couple of hours and not only winning gold in the 60 metres and the 200 metres finals she also set personal bests as well and went on in last weekend actually to go to the European or sorry the World Athletics Indoor bronze event in Ghent uh, big big uh, month it was indeed for Katie Bergen also nominated was Dylan Slevin who won a PGC tour card becoming this is a versa Kane darts player who became a professional darts player at just 20 years of age and he goes on to the pro tour as well Nina Snooker Club didn't they win national titles as well and Claire Bennett scoring two tries for Munster in the women's senior rugby inter-pro match against Ulster in Musgrave Park that was on the 7th of January Claire's from Cashel and Sean O'Keefe winning a national elite senior title at light welterweight up in the National Stadium at the National Senior Elite Boxing Championships. She's from Clonmel Boxing Club. That's just a flavour of some of the nominations we have in, had in over the course of the last month. We will announce a winner before we go off air tonight. You can send us in your text on 083 311 and we'd love to know your thoughts on that. This um, The Tip FM Sports Star of the Month in association with the Talbot Hotel in Clonmel and also John Quirk Jewellers in Cashel. Uh, I'm sorry, in Care. My apologies. John Quirk Jewellers in Care. Cashel's in my mind and I'll tell you why Cashel's on my mind because that obviously must have been the place to be this weekend because Cashel Community School won their first ever Hearty Cup final. A little bit of David and Goliath is what it was reported in the papers. I think that's a little disingenuous to Cashel because there was a, a one point win for Cashel, 12 points to 11, and it was a mighty, mighty win for them. Let's hear from JJ Kendi, who was there. How are you, JJ? Hi, Ronan. First ever All Tipperary final in 106 years. We kind of built it up a bit. Did the final itself live up to the expectations? Um, well, I guess it, it depends on, on what exactly you were looking for. If you if you were looking for, you know, a, a spectacular, classy hurling match, you'd be disappointed because um, the hurling, the hurling wasn't wasn't uh, the best part of it. Um, I, I think it was one of those sort of dour, dogged, uh, close run finals. Very little between the teams, uh, defenses dominating, and uh, but probably redeemed then by by you know a really thrilling finish to it. Um, where it, you know, it really came down to the wire, knocking in it. Um, in fairness, Cashel probably should have closed it out a bit better. They had certainly had the chances to you know, put three, four or five points uh, be- between themselves and Thurlis in the last 10 minutes, and, uh, and they missed a number of them. So it, it really was, was nerve-jangling stuff right to the end. And uh, I think the, the better team got, got through in the end. They, they were deserving winners, I think, in the end. But by God, they made their, they made their followers sweat. Yeah, I, I did hear that. That they Somebody said to me they did their best almost to lose it because of the fact that they couldn't convert those chances in the last 10 minutes. Yeah, that's very, that's very true. I mean, they, they, they had chances from, from play and from freeze. And uh, somebody said to me, what's wrong with those Kilain and posts? They must be moving. But they, they just couldn't hit the target. And it was, I guess it was probably, you know, part of the, the tension of the occasion. And, you know, these are young 16, 17-year-olds, so it's, it's pressure stuff, you know, when the sides are level. Oh, yeah. 
you're lining up to a free maybe 50 yards and it's out on the sideline or whatever. That's that's not easy. That's not easy for senior inter-county. So it, it was all part of the drama of it. But um, in the end, Cashel got there and deservedly so. And, and do you uh, think it that, really is one for the history books. Yeah, it is. And do you think the Cashel had their homework done? Because this was a Turles team that had scored 13 goals and 27 points across, I think, their five games. And yet, when the full-time whistle went on Sunday, they only had four points from play out of their 11. Yeah, I think, you know, we were thinking about it in advance and, and uh, the general view was that if this game developed into um, a, an open shootout and and you'd often expect that in the stadium, you know, because it's a big open pitch, a great surface and conditions in that way were very good. But the feeling was that if it developed into that sort of game, um, there was only going to be one winner uh, and that would have been perilous, um because of the firepower they had. So Cashel's best bet was to try and make sure that this game was played on their terms. And that meant uh, really closing it down and, and just getting at Thurlis, giving them no space and particularly not letting their forward line uh, open the thing up. And I think they did, they did that brilliantly. They, they, just, they just dogged this match from, from beginning to end. It, it's, I, I think an important thing here, Ronan, when you look at the paths of the two teams to the final, um, Cashel had to absolutely fight on their knees every inch of the way. Um, I mean, in this party campaign, for example, it's amazing. They, they played five games. Three of those games ended in, in one-point decisions. The other two games, they had a, a three-point loss initially to Oscar Reach, and, and they had a three-point win over uh, CBC uh, from Cork. But, you know, three of the five games went to the wire, one-point yeah. decisions. So... So they had that in the background. They were used to grinding out wins in these sort of situations. Perlis, by contrast, as you mentioned there, they absolutely blew most oppositions away. Uh, they had a massive, I, I think their average winning margin was around 13 points. And, and sometimes that can tell, you know, uh, guys are, aren't used to these, you know, these dogged matches where you have to really battle to the end. Um, Cashel had that. And, and uh coming down the home, the home straight I think there really was only one team in yeah. it Yeah I'm a big fan of Robbie Ryan I think he's got a great future ahead of him he's such a good goals, good scorer and keeps scoreboards ticking and, and does an immense work uh, be it for Holy Cross or for Turles CBS and I'm just wondering the contribution to the match of Gerard Dwyer who had a job to do and if you kept Robbie Ryan quiet or quieter was that were you halfway there? Well, I, I suppose a couple of things uh, I would say on that. Um, um, Gerard Wire was was immense. Uh, there's there's no doubt about that. I mean, he looked he looked just a, a towering figure at centre back. You know, uh, grabbing ball in the air, busting out great clearances. Just looked he, he looks like a senior player in there, uh, really lording it at, 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 in in the heart of the defence. In the case of of, of Robbie Ryan. I think he was a bit unlucky. I mean, it was a game, obviously, where there were very few opens, very, ch- very few chances of scores. I, I personally think um, the Turles, the Turles uh, management probably made a mistake in taking him off. Um, he was still getting on the ball. Now, he was he, he had missed a few chances, a few bad wides in the second half and that. And I, I suspect they, they kind of ran out of patience at that stage. But, I, but, I mean, he was, he'd been the guy all year, and I, I would certainly have left him there. I think, I think they, they overreacted slightly. Uh, in, in that particular situation, because he's a fine player, I've seen him play with the club, and mm-hmm. I mean he's, he's he's a very dangerous player. You can give him no score whatsoever, and he, he you know Turles, Turles, uh you know emptied their bench in in the second half and uh, took off who, the player 
Palace, who had been the, the main scorers in previous games. And I, I just think it probably wasn't the wisest thing to do. The extent of it certainly wasn't, wasn't the best thing to do. Stay where you are, JJ, because I'm going to bring in Brendan Ryan, who's the manager of Cashel Community School. He's on line three. Good evening to you, Brendan. How are you? Good evening, Ronan. Heartiest congratulations to you and your players and the backroom staff. Uh, just put in context what this means for Cashel. You're not Hearty Cup um, members, for want of a better term, uh, for long. Yeah, sure. Listen, it's unbelievable. It's just hard to really digest. You know, it's, we were just dreaming for years to get back and be playing in Hearty Cup, but the actually hearty cup champions now is just fairy tale stuff. You you had a kind of a, a good coalition of people coming into your school around about the same time because if you're going to work with the likes of Gerald Dwyer, the likes of um Ronan Connolly, the likes of Adam Daly, uh Ushin O'Donoghue, for example, I'm missing out people there who are obviously made massive contributions as well. But it just the stars kind of aligned a little bit for you this year, did they? Absolutely, yeah. We've a we've a massive six-year group there this year and uh, you know we've we a huge amount of six-years there boys and girls that are extremely talented camogie players ladies footballers and, and the hurlers there you know so yeah look we had a lot of good good players there this year and you know sure we just wanted to get as far as we could and do as much as we could while we had them before they leave uh, JJ's just made a point about how you had so many one-point victories over the course of your Hearty Cup campaign and when it came down to the wire it mightn't have been a surprise to you that you won by a single point but did the previous experiences of those single point victories throughout the Hearty campaign stand here going down the stretch in Thurles? Uh, sure, definitely helped uh, sure, you know the first round against Flannans we barely got over the line by a point then the second round against Ardskull we actually lost in injury time for the draw and they got a goal crossed in a sideline ball and tapped it in. And we took a lot of learnings from that last, you know, and they had hurled great, but just just got caught that last play. But look, we were lucky then. Our skull beat in Flannans. We could have went out at the group stage there and score different, even though we bit Flannans. And, you know, that we came, came after Christmas and CBC, we, we won by a goal, but like, six minutes into injury time we had to defend and block two 21 yard frees so you know these young lads they got great confidence from that like and then the arts goal game you know arts goal came hard at us the second half and kept getting back level but the boys dug deep every time and got, got one ahead again it happened three occasions in the last 10 minutes and they still found a way to get a winner like so it did give them great confidence going in you know, I think what, what gave them confidence to as well is the fact that they worked so hard for each other, like, and they're just on you, honest and genuine. And they, you know, they just back each other on the field to help out, help, you know, they make mistakes and they'll recover and they'll go again and they'll try again. You know, so, oh, look, it could have went either way. It could have gone. It, it, it reminds me of a quote from the great John Doyle who was asked his, his, his thoughts on the on the backdoor system when it was introduced around about 97 and he said I'd hate to beat Cork by a point and wake up the following morning and realise they're still in the championship um, and to a certain extent Thurlis are still in the championship because you go on to an All-Ireland series and Thurlis are still in it so uh, who's to say you might meet again in a Crow Cup final oh yes plenty of hurling to be done before now and then ahead of the semi-final ahead of us where St. Kieran's or Lockray are ahead of us and I saw St. Kieran's playing over Christmas there actually and and 
they were awesome and they were they, they were missing two Ballyhale Shamrock seniors that day. Oh, and I, I, I went to see him play CBC over Christmas because we were playing CBC in the quarterfinal and, and I left that game and I said, wow, Jesus, St. Kieran's here are just class, just unreal. And then Richard Lou told me afterwards that they were missing their two Ballyhale seniors. Okay. So like we're, we're not looking past how big how big a task is it though to get a bunch of young fellas who've just climbed Everest back into harness focused on the job at hand oh sure it will be a challenge but you know every game they played they got great praise and deserved it after and they came back down again you know so we'll do our best to you know we let them enjoy these, these three days and take the praise they deserve it they worked hard and like we'll get back training again maybe at the end of the end of the week and you know try and get going again Listen Brendan many congratulations to you and congratulations to everyone in Cashel we'll talk again no doubt because your season ain't over yet Thanks very much, Ryan. Thanks indeed. JJ, there's a lot there, I think, that we can pick out as well in, in further discussion. And the fact is, you've got a challenge for both Turles management and Cashel management to uh, b- perhaps keep the Cashel lads flying high, focused on the job in hand, and then obviously Turles aren't out of this yet. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's true. Um, so I think, the, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very strange situation where... Um, I, I think in terms of, of prestige and everything, the, the Hearty final is, is, is considered ahead of the All-Ireland. That may, that may sound a strange, a strange statement to make, but uh, this really was the big one. I mean, the Hearty, the Hearty is the one that everybody thinks about and it's the one that people remember and these players will always be, be recalled when this, this year is, is, is remembered. Whereas teams that win the All-Ireland, it, it's a huge achievement, but in many instances, it's not it's not as as, as well recalled at all, um, and uh, and you have had a number of teams, of course, that have lost the Hearty Hearty final and uh, have gone on and won the All Ireland. Jason and Ford's Nina CBS brings to mind. Yeah, and you know, I I suspect, and I don't know if they can answer this themselves, but I, I suspect if they were given the option, would they have swapped their Hearty a Hearty win for the All Ireland? Um, I have a suspicion they might have, you know, because they still haven't got the Hearty. Um, this, this is really the big one, but but it is still it is still intriguing. Um, I mean, I, I think Torres will be very sore after after uh, Sunday. I think they'll, they'll feel we didn't deliver, we didn't play at all on the day. We did all this great hurling in the earlier rounds, and suddenly on, on the day of the final, we left it all behind us. So if they come out and and open up uh, on another occasion and are allowed to play, maybe in a way that Cashel didn't allow them. Um, they certainly have a lot of quality in the team, so I certainly wouldn't rule them out. And uh, and as Brendan said, the big the big hurdle for for um, for Cashel is I, I suspect is going to be um, St. Kieran's. Now I haven't seen Lockray in that, so I don't I don't know how strong they are. But you would from a distance at least you would expect that it'll probably be Kieran's. And Kieran's are every year they're they're so formidable in this because they're virtually like a, a Kenny team, I think. Yeah, just one small question then that follows on it. I don't know if any of our minors, I mean, the Hearty Cup, I think, is under 19 and our minors are under 17. So, like, I mean, our minors are out, I think, the first week in April. I'm open to correction on that. Um, yeah. But there won't be any uh, any issues, I don't think, for James Woodlock. Would there be any county minors on that Hearty Cup either side? I, I, I don't know offhand. I'd have to, I'd have yeah. to check. Uh, it's quite possible. I mean, most of them were... You know, there was, there was 17 and 18-year-olds uh, on, on the teams. 
Um, so there may well be some. I, I just don't know. No, I just can see that with it, with that dragging on, and if mm. Cashel and Turles progress in the All Ireland series, it might prove a bit of a headache uh, in terms of. If, if they're training with minors to eat panels and then mm. imagine playing minor hurling and up against Ballyhale seniors. Anyway, that's the sort of thing that's for another yeah. day. But Shinshke Lella, JJ, it's always yeah. been talking to you and thanks for your contribution tonight. You're, you're welcome, Ron. Thanks indeed. That's JJ Kendi with his thoughts on a thrilling Hearty Cup final. Cashel CBS 12 points, Turles CBS 11 points. First ever win for Cashel. They're the second first time winners of this trophy in two years. Yeah, you might remember St. Joseph's of Tulla winning it last year. And uh, congratulations to Cashel. Big, big win for them. Ken Hogan is on the line, I think. How are you, Ken? How are you keeping rolling? Very well indeed. Your thoughts on, I think you, you saw this match with Cashel and Turles? Yeah, I was in commentary with Stephen. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, big occasion. Absolutely shocked when I arrived at the stadium at 12.15. Big crowd already into the stadium three quarters an hour before the... Uh, the throw-in, um, huge atmosphere. I have been aware of colleges' games. You know, I've seen the atmospheres that can be created, but this was something special to see the Orion stand absolutely wedged. And um, in actual fact, uh, both cheer gangs were up at the very back on either side of the middle of the field, and it made for an absolutely enthralling atmosphere. Yeah, I know it's great. Uh, actually, your your co-commentator on the day, Stephen Gleason's on the line. Stephen, it it's it's, I think it's, it's kind of got uh, a momentum now behind it, where schools are emptying themselves to send their their, their students out to support the Hearty Cup teams in a way that perhaps rugby schools would have done so over the years. Yeah, definitely, Ronan, and uh, like the atmosphere was electric. It really was, as Ken said there, and uh, like you've seen it for years with Rockwell and how that energy transforms the players on the field, I suppose, in rugby. It's the same in GAA. Like, I was at a few of the matches this year now. Middleton brought great colour today against Turles Blow and Mallow. The Turles crowd had their, um, you know, their vocal support there as well. And the final was just electric. I mean, the atmosphere at that is as good as anything you'd see. And I think, you know, it's springtime every year. The Hearty Cup is the big competition. You can forget about your leagues and all these other competitions that go on, it is really where it's at at the minute. And uh, like everyone involved, I think, in Hurland and Tipperary had a big interest in that game, you know, no matter what part of the county you're from. And like the the history there, Ronan, it's brilliant to have a new school on that role of honour. You have Abbey there in 59, Rockwell, I think they won five titles, the latest in the 30s. Templemore won it twice, of course, with Martin Burke captain in 78 and 17. And then you have Turles on eight titles, and Cashel are part of that now. I mean, that, that the weight of that for West Tipperary and the confidence that's going to give a whole generation of players cannot be underestimated, I think, in the years to come. And the power of the two schools and the, the effort yeah. and the time is amazing that goes into that. Uh, Ken, just how good was Gerard Dwyer? He did a fine job at centre-back. And I think they moved him around a bit. Like, he was such a good man-marker. Yeah, great job. I think Gerard um, started inside at the start. I think, uh, you know, you think about uh, putting your stamp on the game. The very first ball was won by actually Jack Quinn and the, the feathered man, uh, the full back. He was up the field and David uh, McGrath was narrowly wide to get the first score. But it, it immediately set the tone for the game that Cashel were going to come with a huge aggression. Uh, they went and attacked the ball. They worked their socks off. And from right through, the, the standard of fitness of both teams was absolutely outstanding. But 
right through uh, the game, the running game, uh, particularly the half-forward line. You know, usually associate half-back lines would be strong. We've mentioned Gerald Dwyer, but the half-forward line, Aina Ormond, and of course, Young Corbin and um, and uh, Oshino Dunahoo. The work they put in, they did three men's work right throughout the game. They were absolutely unbelievable. So I think uh, Torres CBS, a fine team, and will have plenty, uh, I'd say, to say about the All-Ireland series. But on the day, the hungrier team won. Stephen has alluded to the fact that, obviously, their first ever title, you could see the hunger, the drive, the determination. And, of course, at that age, um, Ron, it is an advantage to come in as underdogs. And certainly, absolutely, uh, to prove the doubt was wrong. Yes. Just very quickly, I got to go to an ad break. Uh, did we learn anything from the leash game on Saturday night? Do you think either he, Ken? Um, probably just uh, getting prepared for bigger hurdles. In, bigger hurdles you know, at lunchtime on Sunday. Leash were very disappointed, and of course, yes, yes, one thirty on Sunday, Nolan Park against our our, our old foes, Kilkenny. I think it's uh, getting players in. He's given players. Um, and he's replacing players after 50 minutes. So he's seeing his 20, 21 players right through. Uh, right through. So I think uh, Liam Cahill is uh, making his own imprint in this team. Uh, we, we're in no um, doubt who's the boss. And I think overall, Tipperary are going the right direction. And next Sunday will be another another learning curve. Very yeah, quick. I echo that, Ron, yeah. and I think that definitely it's you know it's just a game over, job done. But confidence, few scores on the board, and it's move forward for Tipperary. And uh, and and exactly what Ken said there, finishing up about that Cashin game. There was one score late in that, and I have to mention the block by the half forward Oshino O'Donoghue, the turtle half back at the ball, Ronan, and out came O'Donoghue, blocked him down, laid off the ball to Curvin and onto Daly and over the bar late on, second half, into the Kalinan in the Turlet in the Harky Cup final. That's the stuff of dreams. That is amazing. And uh, brilliant stuff by Cashel. And I'm looking forward to the two tip teams going forward in that one. For the seniors, I'd echo what Ken said. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, tip loads to do yet and loads to play for. And Kilkenny will tell more. I'll put the Perry on the spot. When was the last time we won a competitive match in Nolan Park? Against Kilkenny. Well, I, I remember being down there at a league final and being very expectant of a Tipperary victory and Kilkenny pipped us at the post. Extra time, so yeah. any time I've been down there, um, I can't remember Tip winning down I there. I think 2000, 2006, 2007, Reds are... 2008 was the last yeah. one, Ken, so I give right. you the points. Yeah, right. Razor had a whale of a game. I remember he was on fire the same day. Yeah, that's it. It's been a long time, so uh, uh, I think it's a bit, the bookies are making it pretty much a, um, you know, a, a draw. Like they're, I think their odds were both even money uh, at this stage. So you can, it, we'll, tell, we'll learn a lot. We've a lot to discuss next Monday night. Gentlemen, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks indeed. Thanks for Cheers, Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. That's uh, Ken Hogan and Stephen Gleeson. Lots to come. One interesting WhatsApp comes in and asks me, should Intercounty Minor be the same age group as the Harty? Um, and the Crow Cup, i.e. under 19 instead of under 17. Well, there's a huge debate we had in that. What I can say to that texter is it would be an awful shame if the Harty went back to under 17 to Mirror Minor because there's so many young fellas playing uh, in school who might be 18, 19 years of age. There has to be a competition for them. So the Harty does capture them really, really well. But uh, I think the argument might well be about you know, moving minor back to under 18, moving it up to under 19 might create more difficulties than it solves, but moving 
minor backup to under 18 would be something that I think a lot of people in this county a lot of listeners extra time would be in favour of but that requires more time and a further debate than we would have for it today somebody else reminded me that St Kieran's are have been beaten in the Leinster Colleges finals by Offaly schools that is correct and that's why uh, Cashel CBS await the winners of I think beaten semi beaten finalists in the form of Kieran's and Lockray so uh, and Turles will be in the other side um, but anyway Time will tell in relation to how that happens in those two quarterfinals that will be played with the Leinster champions and the Munster champions awaiting the winners of that. I hope that's clear. We'll take a break. Back in a minute. The Tip FM Sports Star of the Month with the Talbot Hotel Clonmel. Multi-award winning wedding specialists with state-of-the-art leisure facilities and spa with food served daily. The Tip FM Sports Star of the Month. Get your nominations in now. If you want to nominate somebody for the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month, just send an email to sportstar at tipfm.com. And I'm delighted to tell you that the panel of judges have awarded the January Tip FM Sports Star of the Month to Shauna O'Keefe of Clamell Boxing Club. Shauna was competing in her third National Elite boxing final this month in the National Stadium. The first time she boxed, she fought Katie Taylor in 2016. Katie Taylor was the then Olympic champion. She lost to Katie Taylor. The second time she boxed, she fought Kelly Harrington, the current Olympic gold medalist, and she lost to Kelly Harrington on a split decision. Injuries and other issues, mostly injuries, took her away from the sport for a little while. She went back, stayed, followed her dream, and got to a National Elite final and won on a unanimous decision in the light welterweight bout in the National Elite Senior Final. She goes on now to high-performance units, World Olympic... World and European Championships later this year, possibly for her if she survives that. And then who knows, the world's a oyster as well. So many congratulations to Sean O'Keefe on fulfilling a lifelong dream of winning a National Elite Senior title at the National Stadium, the third National Elite title for Clomel Boxing Club following in the footsteps of the great Con Sheehan and the great Dean Gardner as well. 83 Tom McGrath's on the line. How are you, Tom? Good, Ronan. Uh, I can't talk to a lot more Castellani man this weekend without asking you about that young Gleeson fellow who looks like a fair rugby player last uh, Friday night. Uh, super performance, yeah. Like plenty of plenty of GA background in him as well. Like he's he played a bit of hurling in football with you up to under fourteen. Uh, I think, he, he played, he played a bit, yeah. He played more bit like he would have played with the club and would have played with the mid teams and the, and some of the county panels as well. Like so. Look, it's possibly like all the sports guys that's handy at one thing or handy at something else. But no, no, terrific to have some lad have some lad involved. It just shows that different different sports. It's not all about hurling football and not more castling or anything like that. But no, terrific to see that he performed performed so well after a and a most horrendous start. Like he dropped oh. the ball, but you know what? <laughs> yeah. it just shows uh, stick to the process, trust the process, and the process trust, will come trust right. Trust yourself, like yeah. in the conscience and that. And I mean, you got you just put that behind you. And move on from there like, but I suppose the critical thing in it that following that knock on that Ireland didn't concede score and yes, they actually got yeah. the first score of the match so all was forgiven then like but Oh, oh, no, great, a, great, great performance huge performance by yeah, him and yeah. uh, another, yet another reason for the parish of Lockmore Castellani to be proud of one of their sons or daughters uh, anyway. oh, yeah you'd be, you'd be definitely would be, would be proud of his achievement and happy go lucky type of guy too just takes it all in his stride and works on from there like, yeah. yeah no he's a big future in the game so we wish him well um, you made the journey to Cavan on Sunday to watch Tip Cavan now you would have seen Tip Cavan once if not twice last year I don't know we in Crow Park as well for the uh, league final yeah so 
bearing in mind those two performances, how much have we regressed from what we saw in Breffney Park on, on, on Sunday? Well, I suppose you break it into two sections. The first, the first 13, first 15 minutes, I suppose, we were going great. Like, but I kind of felt going up that was we were going to be going to find it hard because the performance against Down wasn't great, but we great comeback, I suppose, really, in the, in the second half to Down. But a great great start last week. Jack Kennedy kicked two or three great frees like, to get the thing going, and then, then we, then we got, got the goal like from Sean O'Connor and said, like, this is a this this is a great start. But Jay went backwards then, kind of it went another 15 minutes before there was another score, and indeed in the whole 70 minutes, we got a goal and a point from play, like, and, that's 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 not going to win you any games, but like it looked to me as if like I wouldn't be repeating what other what other people would be saying in the other interviews. Like, but it looks as if the the, the tip players were very heavy legged on 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 Sundays. If they had a lot of training done during the week, but I didn't ask any questions as to what they they would have done or what they didn't do during mm. the week. But that seemed that guys that would be you know coming forward in numbers that. That wasn't happening last Sunday. And well, uh, you're, you're, you're perhaps suggesting that there's a physical fatigue there. <coughs> Excuse me, but might there be a bit of mental fatigue as well? Yeah, well, I kind of thought that, you see, there's there's a week of a break. There's two weeks now to the next match, and I'd have felt that it was a game worth, it was a game worth targeting last 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 Sunday. Like, and I kind of felt that after after 15 minutes, this is this is great. Like, they're going to give this a right shot now, but it's like as if they. An awful lot was taken out of it. But what what killed the thing I thought in the next fifteen minutes was that the the Kevin centre back came forward and scored three points in play. Darren McFeety, like fine fine player, like no no doubt about that. Like, but he came forward and it seems to be a thing now that when backs get the ball, like the goalkeeper getting the ball, they're allowed kind of come forward so far with it. But then he came so far with it, and then suddenly he broke the last tackle, and he kicked three three fine points, and they're they're ones that that send you backwards. But there was more to it than that. I think that we weren't making we we got we got our freeze early on and carried the ball and won our freeze, but that stopped then. Like, and but why did it stop, Tom? Uh, well, I'd say it was an in, it was in my eyes anyway. It was an energy thing like that. We didn't seem to have the lads coming forward in the numbers that they would have been doing. Say, for example, in the second half against Down the previous week, that 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 wasn't happening. So, like whether the, whether there was more training or more physical hard training done during the week, I don't know. But we're definitely we're definitely short in energy and stamina or whatever I like to call it. Just this our level of fitness. Or we're down. We're Kevin much much quicker or more physical. But they didn't seem to be that. I thought the down the down attacking pace was way quicker than what Kevin were at. But Kevin had a couple of good forwards then as well. Like that they had. We said the full forwards got a couple of marks and he he got a, he got a goal. But then of course we had a goal chance that we didn't take. Kevin Goldie made a good save, and then the goal that we gave away was well, it was a, a, a comedy verse if you like. That if we had got the goal and didn't get and Kevin didn't get the goal, well then that was having the deficit mm. really. But look, it's we're, we're we're not in a great place now at the minute. But but then having lost to down the whole match to down, you wouldn't be expecting to win in Kevin. But well, it's not that. Tom, sorry to cut across you, but the second half performance against Down had encouraging signs. I think we scored one ten in the second half against Down. One nine or something. Yeah. Finished up with one eleven, which was which was okay. But must be remember too that Down were short a Down were short a player for they had a ten minute spell for a black card, and then they had a fellow in the second yellow for about twenty minutes, I think. So about thirty minutes of the match, Down were down a player. Now that that would have helped a bit. 
I still thought that we were we were more potent or looked more potent against Down than we did against Cavan. So, I know you've tried to explain lack of potency with a bit of a heavy leg, but but like okay, yeah. let's go to kickouts, right? I'm not wishing to focus because uh, for fear that anyone think I'm picking on any particular player, I'm not because kickouts is a is a is a unit failure. If it goes wrong, it's because backs, midfields, halfbacks. You know, it's it's not just the goalkeeper and the kickouts. But do we need to look at our kickout strategy? Because from everything I've heard and read, our kickouts were poor. Yeah, well, we, we like when we went went long or semi long with the kickouts, um, we weren't we weren't winning them. Ball got broken and down. We're picking up the breaks, or Kevin were picking up the break, and then they attack they attack in numbers. But it's like it's. it's <laughs> Very hard to put put a finger on it. Like you give this, take the short kick out, and then you're you have possession twenty five yeah twenty five meters out from your own goal. When it's a long way, it's up to the far end. But you still have to try and get a kick pass in somewhere, or else get lads behind the ball and attack at pace and attack in numbers. But that all takes energy. Like and then the other option you have is you have to try and have a target man now in that respect I would say Conor Sweeney was a loss that way that Conor was was, was one that was capable of showing, showing for the ball and had had physique to go with it like but it's but like it's it's not it's not the end of the world either the, the, the big the big the big minus I thought from the weekend was the margin of the loss and, and and the type of loss that like Antrim or the next game you have to beat Antrim and probably target for, for Mana possibly or, or probably one of the weaklings but that's mm-hmm. the way a match it's going to be very hard to get that but but if you get you get two wins it's all about surviving in Division 3 now at this stage because like I didn't see I didn't see Tip getting uh, getting promoted out of Division 3 to Division 2 I thought from day one that was a question of consolidation or survival a bit in between Well in it probably Divi- is when you consider like. when you consider how many players are not available even from last year if you go back to the Munster final sure look it's a completely different team so be it but like you take out Bill and Robbie you take out Connor Sweeney who's injured Connell Kennedy's injured uh, Paddy Fiennes not back yet yeah um, you know they're durable type of characters they're, they're, they're fellas that have they have a physical presence as well as their as well as their, nat- their natural ability and their experience and that but you kind of have to go with who you have and this is what you get. No, it was good to see Paul Maher. Paul Maher got in for say fifteen minutes last Sunday. He's he's going he's going to be a plus. I think. Um, Colin McKenney was in was in for a, a spell as well, and uh, sadly he was getting he was getting the the <clears throat> possession back on the defensive side of halfways, and uh, you know kicking fine crossfield passes to try and open up to open up to Kevin defence, but it was very hard to do that because Kevin had the Kevin had had a lead and they they could afford then to drop men back and it's much easier to defend the lead rather than attack and get and, mm. and win 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 back and close and close down the deficit like. Yeah, I mean the Antrim game takes on a huge significance I think because I presume that's in Thurles, is it? It is, yeah, that's a home yeah, match. in two weeks' time. And uh, you know, it already has the look of a of a relegation six pointer. Well, you have to get that, and to, then yeah. work on other results. Fermanagh have lost have lost a couple of matches as well, like so. They'd be the targets. Absolutely, yeah. Well, look, we hope, there. and maybe, maybe there might be some some of the uh, sick bay might be emptied in advance of that. We hope for that. Well, the fact that you have the two weeks, there's there's a two week gap to the end from you know, which which is a help definitely, and like it gives them gives them a chance to get their get all their 
get all their troops in order. Like. Yeah. Okay. Quick word on next weekend in Nolan Park. Somebody has got the stats out and said since 2000 we've won three times against Kilkenny and Nolan Park. 03, 07 and 08 and one draw. It's not a great record. No, I'll take, uh, take that man's word for that anyway. But, but I suppose in that spell from 2003 up to now we haven't beat Kilkenny have beaten us more times than we've beaten them. So it's uh, time to Trying to get two points out of Nolan Park next. Uh, it's very hard to judge on. Uh, very hard to judge that Saturday night. I suppose really that um, Leash Leash were, were not were not great. Maybe bordering on poor, but maybe they were looked at. They looked that way too. Because I thought our early the early stages we, we were very good. I'd like to see maybe a couple more goal chances because you're going to have to get goals against Kilkenny and against those people. But you prevent getting the, you prevent goals against them as well. Like so. <laughs> Like you know, there'll be good, great interest in the game on next Sunday as well because, like, the, the least match is history now, and you have your two points and you work on from there. But performance will be will be forcing against Kilkenny, and then a win after that. And I think a win against Kilkenny would be important. But like last last weekend, there was seven or eight of your championship team from last year and probably something similar trying out the trying out the newer fellas and get experience into their into their bodies and yeah. that's that that's all good going forward like. Tom as always many thanks we'll talk next week Okay, Ronan. Thanks indeed. That's Tom McGrath. Uh, busy man this weekend making that trip up to uh, Cavan. Many thanks to him. And just hopefully we can just come up with something a little better strategy-wise or whatever uh, going forward because there's a... When you look back to last year's games against Cavan and last year's game against Sligo, like the, you know, there's such great football in that tip team if we can just get it out of them. Anyway, 083-311-3311. One text says, well done to Willie Mansell on winning the John Tracy 10-mile last Sunday. That comes in from John in Tipperary Town. Um, the Offaly schools who've defeated Kilkenny champions St. Kieran's are not permitted to play in the All-Ireland Series. St. Kieran's will represent Leinster as champions. The two semi-final losers will play off to determine the runner-up from Leinster. There you go. Hope that's clear. 083-311-3311. Many thanks to everyone for bringing that clarity to me. Let's go to ladies football because our ladies football are on a bit of a roll. Tony Smith's on the line. Hey, Tony. Hi, Ronan. Uh, can we play in feathers all the time, please? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this year is working out brilliant for us, the fact that we have six home matches. I wondered when we were going to go on the road because we've had three home games in Feathers and won all three. Exactly. And the next one is in Feathers as well before we have to go on the road. And who's up next? Leash is up in, uh, Sunday week. Leash oh. up Sunday week and then we're away to Monaghan. So um, just to put it in context for us because three from three and it's not just the f- we're winning comfortably as well. Well, I'd say yesterday no, was, uh, or sorry, on Sunday was a bit tighter, like six points to four was, was a strange scoreline, I suppose, in the, in the scheme of things. I mean, in the first half, we got a point straight from the throw-in, and we didn't score again until the 30th minute. And in between, Ross uh, Common kicked two frees. And the second half was something similar, like we scored again from the throw-in, and then we got a point immediately, and then uh, there was no score for the rest of the match after the 13th minute. So a strange match. So some work, something to work on there for Peter. Yeah, I mean the thing is, Ronan, that there was a combination of factors. Like Ross Common played a sweeper, which made we the spare player as well. But the referee had a very strict interpretation of the steps rule, is the contact rule, and uh, the what you call it charging, as he might determine it. You know, so all those things kind of put a stop to the flow of the game at times, and obviously I suppose affected the scoring. But an interesting statistic is that 
Unfortunately for us, we turned over the ball, I think, 33 times yesterday, on Sunday. Whereas yesterday, the Cork ladies turned over the ball only 21 times and lost. So I don't know how we managed it. Well, if you turn over the ball, like Anthony Shelley tell you, you know, if you turn that ball over that many times, yeah, you're you're going to lose more often than you win. Well, absolutely, and and that's where I think on Sunday our defence was absolutely excellent. They were brilliant, like the way they they actually defended against Roscommon. The fact that they held them scoreless and played was a fantastic achievement. Yeah, so it's uh, onto Leash. How are Leash going in Division One? Leash, Division Leash two? have won two run and then last one. It's a it's a strange league, like because Leash won their first match very easily. And they got hammered by Westmead, who we found tough enough to beat the first day. And then they won again on Sunday narrowly. But it'll be a tough enough game, you know? I would expect so, yeah. They'll be there, thereabouts. Uh, anyway, Tony, yeah. Feather seems to be the preferred homestead now of ladies football. And uh, three from three and maybe four from four. It's in a fortnight or is it in a week's time? Yeah, it's a Sunday week, Ronan. But week, yeah. the, beauty of, the beauty of Feather for us is that we trained there as well, you know, which yeah. is a huge plus because we didn't have a, a situation previously where on Friday nights we had the use of a full-size training pitch with lights. And now we have this fantastic facility in Feather. And then the fact that we're playing the matches there as well is a great help. Yeah, no, it's 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 a great addition to our sporting infrastructure in Tiberi. Tony, i got to fly to a break. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Ronan. Take Bye. care, Tony Smith, Ladies Football. Let's take a break. Rugby and soccer next. Extra time on Tip FM. Brought to you by La Hart Skoda. The new name for Skoda in County Tipperary. Check out lahearts.ie for their latest offers. Yeah, let's turn our attention to rugby next. Our text number incidentally is 083-311-3311. An historic Bank of Ireland Munster Senior Challenge Cup final this year. Holders Young Munster are bidding for three in a row and they're going to face Tipperary opposition for the first time. John Long, who uh, associated with Nina Ormond Rugby Club is on the line. How are you, John? Hi, Ron. I think I you're don't. the manager. Sorry, I, did, I forgot your exact role there as I did your introduction. <laughs> Congratulations to you. Yeah, it's a big day in Lissadunny. It, 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 I've been there for some of your great days and it's a great place to be when the uh, when the Cherry and Whites are going well but i got to ask you about the you know where you put the Munster Senior Cup on your list of priorities when you sit down with the boys at the start of the year Yeah sure it's a huge tournament I guess um, uh, huge, huge competition rather um, the Munster Cup was always the Holy Grail in Nina when they were a junior club and uh to get to a final of a senior cup is a massive achievement for the squad and the, and the club. But you've got such a busy league campaign and you're on the road a lot, you're crossing the border into the north, you know, there's a lot of travel involved when you're playing in All-Ireland League, that sometimes the cup competition might get sort of downgraded in priorities, but not for you. No, I suppose we treat every game the same. We're, we're out to win and compete and, and put in a good performance and the lads have been doing that all year. Um, you know, two two cup finals to, fit, to, to to play this year, the Senior Cup and Charity Cup, and we're still in the hunt for promotion. So, a lot of rugby left to play, but as I say, each game we go out it's to win. Like you raced into a fifteen nil lead at half time, but a lot of rugby still to be played at that point, though, wasn't it? Yeah, and we we knew what Highfield had the quality and and talent to come back, but. The performance from our own lads from one to twenty-two was just unbelievable. Everything, everything clicked and went well, and they just played awesome rugby as a unit. Was the try by uh, Patrick Scully after half time, which really pushed out that advantage? Was that perhaps the clinching? Well, obviously it was one of your it was your last try, but did that take the stuffing out of Highfield a little bit? I think it did. I think um, you know. I think we came out so fast from the 
from the whistle that we shocked them in some senses. Um, that try really hammered it home to them. It's a bit like the Welsh-Irish game. I don't know how much of that you got to see at the weekend, but like you knew that Wales were going to come out and have a purple patch. And was that your fear at halftime, that you had to kind of essentially hammer the hammer before that happened? Yeah, we spoke at halftime and, and you know, spoke about everything that went well in the first half, but equally that it was important to open another gear to, to keep on top and not let them back into it. Yeah, like Young Munster took on, took on the challenge of Cork Con and uh, defeated them 19-13. They're going for three in a row, so you can see what it means to Munsters. Yeah, as I said, it's a huge competition in Munster mm-hmm. and um, it's it's serious bragging rights to get your name on that cup, so they won't be handed over too easily. No, it's it's a storied competition when you see you know the great Limerick and Cork teams that have won it over the years. And you know we, t- we just had a long conversation about Harty Cup and the Noel Tipperary final the fact that you're flying a flag for Tipperary Rugby, I think, is an extra, you know, shot in the arm for you. Yeah, it's it's massive and it's great to represent a county like that. You know, I suppose we're the first senior club in Tips and now first team in, in, in the senior club finals. So it's great to, great to have that. With all this rugby to be played, how hard has it been to keep everyone fit? Um, just serious credit due to the players themselves. I mean, they really do look after themselves. We took on a strength and conditioning coach this year and he's been doing unbelievable work with them. Um, but the guys themselves, they, they, they put they put in the extra work. We train twice a week as a, as a squad, but they're, most of them are training every night and doing the right things recovery-wise. So they are, they are uh, hitting the ground running every Saturday. Sounds to me like you've got buy-in. Say again? You've got buy-in from the players. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. The commitment is phenomenal, and and they're they're all really enjoying it, and you can just see it on the pitch. When is that final? Do you know yet, or is it? We don't know yet. I suppose the league um, and playoffs and all that could influence the timing, would it? Yeah, they, they usually try to get it in around um, Paddy's weekend. That kind of period where, where there's a break um, in the AIL. So we're still waiting to hear. Yeah. Well, uh, look, I. That could coincide with Ireland, England, and Lansdowne Road. So you never know where any of us will be at that point in time. But I wish you well. I, I really hope I get to that final against uh, against Young Monsters because it's a historic day for Tipperary Rugby. Congratulations to you, John, your players, and everyone up in Lissatoni. Great, great place to watch a rugby match. So congratulations to you. Thanks, Ron. Take Thank care you. yourself. This John Long. Uh, from Nina Ormond Rugby Club many many congratulations and what a victory that is getting to a Munster Senior Challenge Cup final first ever Tipperary team to do that just before we go off air tonight quick word with Barry Ryan how are you Barry? Hi Ronan how are you? You built it up for us last week and I was expecting a belter didn't get to it myself but Peak Villa against Clamell Town in the complex there was just a single goal in it and it was a penalty Yeah single goal but uh, drama filled two penalties uh, one saved one scored um, sendings off um, literally probably added a little bit of everything uh, but Peak will be sitting on the bus going back to Turles after that defeat probably licking their wounds a little bit yeah they will look they've been going so well before Christmas and since Christmas they've been knocked out of the FBI by Killarney now a big setback in the league but look all is not lost it's their first defeat in the league a uh, huge result for Clamell Town especially after drawing with Willies they had to win this game Pig Filler would have taken a point but Town had to win it and they, and they did win it kept the clean sheet uh, had two penalties got the second one fair play to Lee Costello stepping up buried it um, and they've really you know it's a proper three horse race now yeah, but like Clamell have Clamell Town have not won that league in years. Eleven years. Good lord. Yeah, it's a long time for a club 
who actually have 16 league titles level with St. Michael's on 16 league titles. They so. went and won it eight times in a row or something. Like once. Six in a row. And uh, and St. Michael's are now going for seven in a row this year. So um, it would be what a year to stop them. Absolutely. Touch of the Ranger Celtic. I won't say who's which in that <laughs> particular scenario I get shot. Uh, but it is. It's set up nicely. Let's just, like St. Michael's, didn't have it all their own way against two Boris, but it looks a bit No, and two Boris have turned into a top four side. We've referenced that a few times. A difficult game. But, but, but what I think is important times. about that, I'm sorry to cut across you, because two Boris, as you and I both know, when you go up there, it's a tough place, New Hill Park, to, to, no, tough place to get a result. But they're good on the road too. Good on the road. One in the complex last year. Um, you know, come to, come to Cook Park now. Really humdinger, really tight game. But how many times on a Monday night have you talked about a 1-0 St. Michael's win? down through the years yeah that's true that is true and Wilderness got their season back on track with that 4-1 win over V who looked doomed yeah huge win uh, Sean Brown amongst the goals Graham Kelly all the usual suspects uh, and look it's hard I think V I think are doomed now and they play Thomas Town next Sunday that's not exactly the type of uh, fixture they'd have been looking for a quick word on Cashel that's a good win away because Bansha again have had a bit of form recently yeah, absolutely. And look, uh, quietly, Baca Glasheen, once again, doing a brilliant job of cash and picking up points, not going to be in any relegation fight. Uh, winning games, get, dragging a point out of games with late equalizers, stuff like that. Uh, really, really good good side. Uh, really establishes. You'd forget they came from the second division only four years ago. Yeah, absolutely. I remember well. And very quickly in Division 2, how important a win was that for Old Bridge? Yeah, and you know, you've asked it so many times over the last few weeks, you know, that they always come with a result and we're kind of wondering, what's it going to come this season? And there you go, 2-0, unexpected, uh, and they're rallying again at the right time of the season. Yeah, it's really, really exciting time of the season and it's set up nicely for a three-horse race at the top of the Premier League. Barry, thanks as always, many thanks. Thanks very much, Ronan. Take care, Barry Ryan joining us there. That's all we've time for Ian O'Connor Produce. We'll be back to you next Monday night. Take care, good night and good luck. If your young man is making first communion